A strong person is not the one who does not cry. A strong person is one who's quiet and sheds tears for a moment and then picks up the sword and fights again. Hello, everyone. A very warm welcome to the series of soul awakening stories of women who have unleashed, who have rediscovered themselves and have become a queen of rediscovery. Hi, my name is Narendra Kaur. I'm a woman empowerment coach and the founder of the Woman Power Unleashed. I'm on a mission to help 100,000 women to live life of dignity, self-respect, honor, and healthy self-esteem. Today, we have a very special guest from Mumbai, India, Nanda Bhutadkarji. I welcome Nanda ji to the Soul Awakening Stories Unleashed. Let me just give a brief about her. So Nanda ji is from Mumbai. She is a woman of values filled with love, compassion, empathy, and complete bliss. A mother, a daughter, social worker, deeply connected to social spirituality. She is a very well-known counseling psychologist. She upscaled her education. And from the last four years, she's working as a business leadership wellness coach. Amazing. She's on a mission to help young leaders transform into being exponentially successful. A woman of grit and never say die attitude. She had been through untold suppression in her married life. Never the one to give up. She let educating herself to become what she is today and who she is today. So at a time when most women need the companionship, the most she lost her husband just as she turned 52. Another roller coaster of fight for survival ensued. And she stepped out beyond that into her power and became a well-known coach. She firmly believes that her success lies in the thriving of her clients. Her intensive workshop every fortnight is full of quality takebacks. So let us welcome Nandaji and let us hear the story directly from her, from an ordinary woman to an extraordinary, and to hear about the extraordinary strength to stand up for herself, how she has done it. I welcome Nandaji. Thank you, Ritu Narendraji. It is so nice to be over here. And uh, you have said so much about me. You have kind of you know, a capsulized my entire life and you have shared it. Yes, indeed. I am not one to, uh, you know, share about life in a way where uh, I want to kind of, you know, take some glory from those days and share it over here. But Narinder was sharing with me saying that, uh, you know, ma'am, it's people, ordinary women like us who are an inspiration to women who can share their day-to-day -day life stories about how they have come because few people get, uh, you know, screened or few people get spoken about, few people get uh, wrote, written about or spoken about. And there is a major, the majority of the women who just lead their life full of strength and wisdom and they just continue going. A few... Uh, months ago, I had read a story about a woman who had run the longest marathon just so that she could 
you know, collect money for her husband's uh, treatment. So such mm. are the women of uh, grit and such are the women who carry on with life. So speaking about me, coming back to knowing about me and hearing about me, I was married at the tender age of about 20 and 20 and a half, I would say. Those days it was, it was like girls should get married early. Otherwise, you know, we will not have enough choices left. And that is how we happened. I happened to get married. Uh, it was an arranged come uh, kind of a love marriage because being the, you know, wide eyed, innocent 20 year old, I fell in love with a guy whom I was uh, going to get married to. The families were known to us and uh, that's how I got married at the age of 20. The earlier years of marriage was, in those days it was that a woman once she's married, life is only about children and about taking on the responsibilities of the home. It was about you're marrying not a man or a human being, it's not your life, you're marrying into a family. You're marrying the family. So it would then be taking on the responsibilities of the family. It means, you know, you're living up to everything, every social interaction. You're measuring up as a businessman's wife. You're measuring up as a good daughter-in-law. You're measuring up as a sister-in-law and the works. So the only plus point that worked for me is that I was very young. I was barely like getting over my teens and I was already, you know, into a relationship as in a marriage and uh, an institution of marriage I was into. At the age of 22, I already had my first child. I had left my college and I was, you know, already uh, not even graduated when I got married. So when I had my first child, my child was in my lap when I was appearing for my final year graduation because after I got married and I started doing all the work I realized that if I do not educate myself and if I do not you know take on the uh, what should I say the courage or the strength to move forward with education I did not have anything else to call my own I was a barely college student just out no financial in, uh, independence nothing there Everything totally dependent on the husband and the family, which was also a very big joint family. So lots of things. So what I did was I continued to educate myself and by then I already had a child. And with the child in my lap, I continued doing my, finishing my education. The challenges that I shared about was I was not allowed to study. I was not allowed to, uh, you know, like do things that a normal college student would be able to do i had to finish the household chores and then at midnight after everybody has gone to sleep i would go into the bathroom i would switch on the light i would clean the place i would put a chadar there a, a bed sheet i would then sit on the sit there and i would study because the light should not disturb anybody in the family so while these were some of the most accepted uh, ways of life we didn't even think about it back then because we just felt it's a way of life it's only when you look back you realize what you really have been through so sitting in the bathroom i educated myself and once i wrote an article saying that you know my graduation certificates is hanging there just above the commode 
so it was said in jest to say that that was the that was like a throne where i actually sat and i studied so these are some of the challenges and as i continued you know life went on i had a second child after 4 years it never stopped the demands were very high you were not expected even a personal life was not uh, you know there was invasion even in the personal life i would not like to go too much into details because both my mother-in-law and my husband are no more i don't want to say anything that is not going to be you know dignified to their memory because like i said there were people they were humans who didn't know better right okay. though my husband was a gem of a human being i la- lost him when he uh, he was about 52 years old and uh, 53 that was uh, 2015 everywhere people were celebrating the indian festival of diwali and there were lights all around you know people are lighting those little candles and you know they they're doing up their homes and everything and just at that point of time where everywhere people are celebrating the festivities of light i lost the main connection or the main switch of my life that brought all the light and all the fun element into life no matter how hard life was when i was younger and i was bringing up my children or i was living with a larger family my husband was the biggest support ever you know so many times he when i was expecting and i was still having to do whole household chores and i couldn't keep up he would secretly wash the clothes and keep it like the little elf who helps santa to you know complete all the work so he would help me in every which way but somehow maybe because of our tradition our culture or maybe the way we are he couldn't stand up to his family and then at that particular day that's the second day of diwali which in india we celebrate as the new year's day indian new year's day when everybody was lighting lamps and looking forward to a new financial year that's what the new year really means in the indian context he was no more both of us were going uh, to visit the temple and it so happened that he was just he just said that i am choking and uh, i'm not feeling well can we go later i said absolutely no problem why don't we just go up and rest i'll give you some warm water maybe you will feel better and that was the day when i got him i had 30 seconds to come up the lift from ground floor to the 15th floor i made him sit on his bed even before we were entering the house he told me i think i'm going and i was like don't be ridiculous a cough doesn't take away anybody come on and i got him and i made him sit on the bed and like he probably they say that when it's time up you probably just get those signs and signals i gave him some warm water he probably barely had his sip he put his head on my chest and that was it okay. i was still in denial i did not accept it i did not know it i was all alone we had just shifted a couple of months ago in a new building i had no neighbors i had nobody who i knew over here there was uh, there was no help no immediate help that i could reach out to 
that particular year, my brother was traveling and my father had had a fall and he had his hand was in a fracture. And he, they couldn't come rushing immediately because otherwise my parents are my biggest support. My brother was away in Shimla. It took him two days to come down. I had no immediate neighbors to rush to, to run to. And being so involved and absorbed in my own little world of, you know, being with students, coaching them, counseling them, I did not pay too much attention to getting to know the security guard or, you know, getting to figure out the neighborhood. I said, eventually it will happen. And on that fatal day, I didn't know where to go, where to begin, what to do. And I think I just had enough presence of mind to call my mother and say that, Mom, I think after this call, I'm not going to make, be able to make calls to anybody. Please just inform my cousin and just let him know and then let him take over from there. He will do the informing to the rest of the people. Both my sons were away. I have two sons who are away. And one was in Malaysia, then the other was in the US. It was a really tough time to have lost your soulmate, to have lost your husband, to have lost that person with whom, you know, you could fight over a cup of tea, you could complain to about your, uh, that you're tired or that you have so much work to do or that what happened or what didn't happen. That soulmate was no more. That soulmate just lay there lifeless. That very year, there was the French bombing that happened. My older son just couldn't come back. He spent close to 72 hours at the airports going back and forth, trying to get onto some flight. Every flight was getting cancelled. And I was so agitated that I felt maybe my son is making excuses and he doesn't want to come back. It was my mindset at that point of time. I was in so much trauma. And I spoke to my son and I said, yes, maybe today, you know, you don't feel the need to come. And maybe, you know, you just want to say, it's okay, let my father go. He said, mom, I love you and dad beyond words. I just want you to know that there has been this French bombing because of which all flights have been delayed have been cancelled and there's a lot of international turmoil that's on. I would give anything if I had wings, I would fly to be with you. And I felt so horrible, so horrible to have doubted my child because he's been a very, very strong support even from the time he was a child. My youngest son came back the next day so my husband had to wait in that state for two days till the family came down and my older son finally said to message from there he said mom it will be 72 hours before I come or land let dad go in peace I don't want to keep him there just like that in indignity let there be dignity in death let him just go And that was the time where I had to stand up with no male members around, nothing, and make the decisions from getting the ambulance to getting the, you know, the ice box and the works. Well, those were things that happened in automation because 
you you know it's something that's the final goodbye <clears throat> you do what you need to do at that point of time the boys came down and the boys were there after some time it was second or third day after we had finished the last rites and we had finished whatever that needed to be done and the calls started plaguing me everybody claiming some money some something and i was like what is this because every rupee that went out of the house i was very aware of where it is going and to whom it is going suddenly there are so many stakeholders oh i am owed money and this is there and that is there and then uh, extended family had other request for you know the power of attorney and stuff like that which was a very 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 short notice not having enough time even to mourn understanding the trauma of being alone and having gone through this whole rigmarole by myself having gone through this whole emotional you know ripping apart from within then to have to go through being strong stoic holding yourself putting on your mask and answering everybody yes i will look into it let me speak to my chartered accountant let me speak to my lawyers let me speak to this one let me speak to that one and for a very meticulous guy you know he kind of probably didn't expect something like this to happen to him because who thinks that they will pass away in their early 50s everybody thinks they're going to live to a ripe old age so there was no uh, legal papers in place there was no will that was there that would say anything and that was another whole rigmarole of establishing that i am his legally wedded wife and that these two children are mine and he's the father you know today in hindsight i'm able to talk about it but at that point of time it was such a hard hitting blow to me but the lawyer was very uh, you know firm and was very gentle also and she told me she said look i know what you're going through but the law is something that is for everybody lest there is some other heir they should not be deprived which is why we are going to this whole you know rigmarole and then i was like okay because i know my husband and what she said is like let's go to the legal way but let me tell you it was not easy at all not easy at all then comes the phase where you are without a husband and then everybody thinks you are uh, a piece of meat on the market where people Correct. come can can come and people can make uh, you know they can start saying things which are not dignified they can start saying things to you that are not not uh, you know in keeping with your age or in keeping with who or what you are you have grown up sans but that was the things that i experienced immediately after that and it was so traumatic so traumatic being a counselor being a coach i was finding it difficult to deal with this kind of mindset this kind of societal uh, behavior Uh, not immediate society where i live but people like supposing there is somebody who's coming to deliver some goods or who somebody in some way has got some connection with the family 
making loose comments like i'm easy and available it was not something that was very easy to take and i'm sharing this because i know that there are many many women like me who go through this i stood strong through it all and i said please back off no nonsense you know don't even try it with me i have neither the time nor do i have the inclination and yes if i do decide to choose another life partner it will be my choice i don't need to be you know pitied i don't need anybody's obligation and i'm not frustrated in my life that i would want to go out with the next available person so these are some of the stories that you know young women may not be able to share one i am a counselor two i am a coach and three i am a woman who is now reached her prime in of age and for me it is easier to talk and share about these things which i know that many many women go through and you know they they experience the shame the trauma and they experience this not so healthy uh, behavior from people outside which is why so many women believe in just being like they are my biggest support has come from my uh, spiritual family that is the art of living where uh, his holiness sister uh, bhanumati nasiman she called me up and she told me we call her bhanu didi with you know, love she called me and she said she said you know women are like devis they are female goddesses so they have the strength of everything within them you be bold and you carry on with life and you be like you are like you have always been those words were such a solace to me that i felt that even though didi comes from a very very conservative background she gave me such a bold and a, such a meaningful insight to my life and that is something that i have learned that as you are so will the world accept you if you go and become a victim of circumstances people will start treating you like that if you stand up and say this is what i am and that is how till date i wear colorful clothes till date i wear everything that is that you know connotes my feminism my being a lady a woman be jewelry beat my bindi in fact i deal with a lot of international clients and initially i would said that uh, you know some people advise that would you want to you know do away with this probably and be a little more westernized in your look i said i have no issues to wearing western clothes or any clothes for that matter uh, as long as i'm well covered but this is my signature trademark and i'm not shy of it i'm very happy and i'm very proud of carrying this on my forehead and you know the scientific thing is here is your pituitary glands women are very emotional so when you put your bindi over here that's what is said in the vedic sciences that when you put your bindi here your emotions are in control which is why whenever you're doing any religious thing you always put a bindi over here because we tend to get carried away emotionally so this is the beauty of my life and then i decided that my life has anyways always been about giving i was a counselor then i became a coach and i have always been a spiritually teacher for the last so many ever years
and I said that I'm going to devote my life to reaching out to people, to spreading happiness, to helping anybody who wants to take any support from an experienced woman and, you know, take guidance like a motherly figure, like a sisterly figure, whatever you wish to call. And while I call myself motherly and sisterly, let me assure you that I still have a lot of young men who send me compliments. And it takes me a while to tell them that, hello, I have sons as old as you guys. So it's beautiful that uh, this journey has been the ups and the downs of my married life and my life thereafter. I feel have been like what a jewel goes through when it, it gets made. You know, it's put through the, the fire test to make it beautiful. What a diamond goes through where it is, you know, like there is so much polishing that happens to it. And there is so much that it goes through. And yet when it's polished and it's shining brightly, everybody wants to wear it in their ring or they want to wear it in their jewelry. I feel my life has been like that. Those That's were the days when it was difficult indeed to carry on. But I feel it's all enriched me. When you see a tree standing, you see that, you know, it's the trunk is there and it's standing there so majestically. And then, you know, it stood there for so many years and seen so many things come and go. So I feel that every incident that has happened in my life has just made me stronger. And it's my spiritual belief. It's my spiritual, uh, you know, connection, the pranayams and the meditations that I do, which I feel really, really help. You know, being somebody who's also who does a lot of, uh, uh, you know, meditations yourself, Narendra, you may you know, agree with me and say that, yes, indeed, that uh, meditations do help a lot. Correct. So earlier when I was before my uh, when I spoke about my family, there was this phase in life where my husband lost all his business, you know, and he completely from being it was a stories of rags to riches, uh, riches to rags. It went the other way around for a man who was born with a golden and a diamond spoon. Suddenly, unstable market condition, so much political uh, hindrance that was happening and so many other things. We realized one thing, my younger son and me realized one thing that my husband was a very, very intense artist. And both of us worked to giving him that, uh, you know, the canvas and his coal. And he became a very, very well-known charcoal uh, artist where he would do his sketches on canvas. He, his life was very short between the time he became an artist and the time he lived. So probably God gave him those gifts which normally nobody who works with charcoal can work on canvas because if anything goes wrong, you cannot change anything on the canvas. It becomes very difficult. People usually use a plain paper as a medium. And he brought out some of the most beautiful spiritual figures in his sketches and paintings. And whoever saw it told me that he's a Hussein in making. But like they say that God wants the best people with him. He gives them a life. Maybe my husband's life was to fulfill that aspect of his 
a painting that creativity with god had blessed him with and he did some of the most beautiful paintings and uh, i think after that it was like his whole karma his whole account had balanced out and god said it's time for you to come so it, it is difficult but <laughs> i know what an emotional story and then actually i don't have any words to uh, actually describe you know narendra it's not easy to stand and be strong if you know sometimes i tell my mother have i got all dried up emotionally within me that you know because three months within my husband's death was my father's death my father passed away within three months because he loved his son-in-law so much and of course he loved his daughter equally that he just couldn't bear to see that uh, you know his daughter who was that bubbly lively life of the family uh, girl would now have to live this bad life and i had to be strong for him also and tell him no dad i'm going to be as i am so yes being strong also requires a lot of grit but when i see ordinary women around me who go through so much like that lady who ran the marathon for her husband women like you who have uh, you know i have read your stories and i've been hearing it each one of you is an inspiration so i wanted to share my two bit of this life because i felt that there are these many untold stories this untold aspects of normal family life her life is so normal you know what is there but yet within the normalcy is also so many loops and so many normal women go through this not able to voice it or share it so i said being a voice for all these women i must share about it and i'm blessed to have lots of wonderful friends who have helped me around my mentors uh, satin siri from the alpha stars academy who have also always been there to kind of uh, propel me forward my international coaches ajit nawalkar and his wife neeta bhushan who also have been huge support so i think that's so touchy that's so emotional and that's so beautifully told by you i'm so 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 grateful to you and so, you know uh, ritu uh, narendra before you say anything else there's one more little thing i'd like to share is in sure. between all of this that happened my boy went through a very major breakup his emotional oh. relationship broke up and you know again for me it was i had to put myself on the side and my needs on the side and be there to support and be there for my son and i only told him this one thing i said remember relationships come to us uh, you know to teach us something to leave us with something and if your relationship has come to an end do not curse do not feel bad do not you know go down which of course you will for a bit but i only you know suggest to you or appeal to you that think of that person who has come in your life as a buddha who has come and taught you some beautiful life lessons who has left you with some beautiful memories and just cherish those beautiful memories and move on in life so this was another thing so while all my emotional turmoil was happening you know i was more into turmoil and trauma as my children went through their bit of whatever it was happening so i <laughs> would i think that's my sharing for today and i think i have spoken for a lot of 
women who lead ordinary lives doing ordinary things and each of these things that they go through is is a part of the daily life and yet it requires so much emotional courage you are one of them and you have shown to the world that you are an inspiration to the whole world the women who are listening over here i really uh, request everyone to listen to her story and it's really 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 a uh, grateful one so nanda ji i want to ask you when the feelings get suppressed in itself in a lady in a woman and you really have that emotions in yourself then what should be done and how to overcome from it see you know when you're dealing with trauma what happens is that you go on an automation mode so your mind shuts down and you know you start uh, it's it's the way your body saves your brain so you start working on an automation but feelings are there deep within okay feelings will not go anywhere because you are you are made up of feelings and emotions it cannot go away it it's your it's a part of you and your dna so they're always going to be there but when you face multiple you know situations one after the other one after the other you keep suppressing 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 and then you start dealing with things in a very cold manner that okay this has happened very practically okay this has happened this has happened i saw myself doing that and i told myself that as a human being i'm blessed to be able to emote i am blessed to be able to cry and there is no harm and no shame in crying and if i allow myself to cry i'm allowing a lot of venting to happen and you know heart specialists have been telling us this that do not suppress and keep cry it out share it out talk it out it took me a while to learn but eventually i learned and which is why today also i have been so open to share about my life so open to talking about what it has been like you know and it's not that i mean disrespect or anything to anybody i it's merely that i want women to understand that we if we decide to stand up and take charge of our lives we can i have balanced my in-laws i have balanced my parental family i have balanced my individual family i have balanced my friends woman is somebody that is why you know devis are prayed to or uh, they are worshiped because they 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 are depicted with eight hands women are also multitasking so this depicts a woman you know form of a woman that she is multitasking so many things and she is doing so when we allow emotions to come up and let it pass then you are able to move on in life and lead a more healthy and normal life it's okay to cry even if there is nobody to wipe your tears doesn't matter just cry it out and that's another thing i feel is that narinder it's so important to love ourselves one exactly. thing that i did was i always reminded myself after beloved uh, you know bhanu didi his holiness sister told me that you know you carry on with your life then i always reminded myself i need to love myself my husband would you know he treated me like a queen so i said that love for myself must continue and 
my children treat me equally with love and respect they are standing head and toe for anything that i need so that happens when you love yourself so much that you know from within you are able to give it out to people all around you as much as you take it from the people to within you also if you love yourself you're able to give it out to people so wholeheartedly so lovingly correct so i think loving ourselves is equally important because that allows us the space to be strong otherwise we're looking for external help we're looking for external support and sometimes these expectations may not be met we may feel let down that's amazing so as a psychologist counselor what kind of a people comes to you and what are their problems actually what kind of a problems they come with uh, you know ritu uh, i am uh, i have got my masters in human development so every aspect from uh, birth to elderly people is part of my uh, you know the the kind of work that i do but like i said earlier to somebody that i have spent a good 7 years in working with on relationships with people people have so many misunderstandings people have so many issues when they come to their uh, when it comes to their interaction that after a point of time it just becomes like they cannot stand the same person they so loved and they so cared about so uh, that is an aspect that uh, a lot of people have come to me a lot of corporates have come to me to ask about how do we do team building how do we be good leader leaders without allowing our team to start taking advantage of us and kind of you know bunk or come late and do those kind of things so these have been some of the crux issues where you know i have been working with leaders also and earlier i've worked with on personal relationship for a good 3 4 years maybe 7 years almost i was working with the college engineering college and in the engineering college again because the the whole semester system and the whole education for them academics is so tough that they tend to go haywire so you would have situations like excessive smoking maybe getting into you know not good habits self destructive habits so all of that and even in that would be breakups even in that would be a lot of our relationships a lot of young people are getting into premarital relationship these days which has been evolving as a as a trend as a concept in our country where we've always believed in marriages as being the most important aspect but these days you know uh, i was i saw many young people getting into relationships and intimate relationships and sometimes they would not be emotionally prepared for that they would not be prepared to give that intimate relationship a a larger lifespan where they would finish their education and continue and do so these were all the short term relationships where it was all about the teenager uh, you know teenagers getting excited or going out of control so that needed a lot of uh, sound counseling making them understand 
then you know coaching them to know and understand what really all of this is all about why is it that you know early relationship and getting into it does not work for us because our young men are still dependent on the families still much later where in abroad in the western countries the whole culture is such that about 13 14 years or maybe a little later around 15 years 16 years they all start moving out of home and um, so the entire way of life over there is different a lot of uh, you know young young people try to taken from there but it's difficult to manage because they're still not independent financially and they're not even emotionally ready so these are some of the aspects that i've been working with and women come to me with all the stories that i shared about about you know being um, indignified uh, things happening to them which they do not know how to deal with and they don't even know how to voice it to their parents or to somebody so those were also areas where i have supported and helped people and uh, do you do you give consultations or what kind of a therapies or uh, you use yes i do both i use consultations i talk to them you know we do a question answer format we also do i also use therapies like the transactional analysis is something i use behavioral therapy is something that i use you know rapid transformation therapy is something i use but in the coaching it's different i am a master nlp practitioner also so i do a lot of in the coaching aspects i do work with the nlp uh, tools more than anything else wonderful so um recently i have just uh, seen your um uh, intensive workshop uh training is which is coming on uh, i think 6th of december so can yes. you tell us more about that yes uh, thank you for asking narendra uh, these workshops are done by me and my fellow coach my buddy uzma sheik jamal who is a brilliant young lady who uh, you know really surpasses women of her age when it comes to understanding the nuances of uh, human behavior between the two of us we have started this mission we met each other at one of the sessions where we had gone to take a training and we both realized we share the passion of uh, communication skills today narendra in the digital world it's so important to communicate clearly because you have only that much time for you to be able to put across what you want to convey to your customers to the to your clients or the people you're dealing with so today more than the domain skill people are looking for communication skills to be you know taught to people or for them to polish their communication skills and that is something usma and me both are very very passionate about coach usma and me love to teach people the way to talk how body language says something and how your speech says something else so you have to be so very careful about you know being in congruency when you're talking like your body language and what you're speaking should all feel like it's in sync and not look like your face is something and your body is something somebody something like where i say i love you there's nothing on my face that 
connotes that I I mean the love, you know. So right. when you're saying something like this, or anything for that matter, it is so important that we speak and say things in a way wherein what you're saying and the way your body is carrying it is all in sync, and that, that is what we are passionate again. about teaching young leaders and young people. Who are on their way upwards? Maybe who are just into corporate life, or who are young leaders who are just uh, climbing up and going up. So those are some of the things that uh, we are working towards. Wonderful. That's very much needed in the um, today's world. And uh, I request all of you to attend their workshop. It, it's really very intensive. I have attended, and um, it um, gives the best results. And they are the best teachers. Six, yes, six and, December uh, at four p.m. we go on with the workshop. This time we're taking on on relationships, on wow. how you know when Hot you're topic, talking. Huh? Yes, because even in relationships, the kind of communication that is involved, the kind of thinking patterns, how a man thinks, how a woman thinks, what really happens. How somebody perceives some things and why the relationship goes wrong. Some very beautiful tools we are going to be using to give people, you know, a treasure of takeaways. So we request whoever is there listening to us do join in for the workshop and experience it. This is the That's mission fun. where we are on, where we want to put young people at par, whether they are Indian young people or they are people from across the world. Young people are struggling to make a niche for themselves. It's only when you reach your forties and your forty-fives that you feel established. Which is why we want to work with the younger generation and bring them up right from the beginning to give them a beautiful confidence and a niche for themselves. I'm very happy that Narendra Kaur has given us this platform to share and you know express about my thoughts as a woman and also. What is it that I do, and how it is that I reach out to people? I so thank you for this, for the Women Power Unleashed. You truly are into, uh, you know, uh, you know, getting women to the power to unleash their power. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. And uh, what message you want to give to the women of the world today? My message to the women of the world, I already shared in between as I was saying it. I will say it again now as a clear message. All my wonderful ladies out there, the way you treat yourself, the way you see yourself, is how the world is going to see you. Your world is made up of your own thoughts. So how you see yourself, how you see anything in this world at all, is how people are going to receive you. So just have that faith and courage within yourself. I know the journey is not always very easy. I know sometimes we have to really, you know, jump across big boulders that come in between. But we are women. We are the superpower, and we can do it. Wow, such a beautiful message to the whole world. Nanda ji has given, and one message from my side. to nanda ji especially and uh, to everybody the most authentic thing about us is our capacity to create to overcome to endure to transform to love and 
to be greater than our suffering. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much, Nandaji, for coming on this show. It was really, really very touchy and uh, a heart-touching story. And uh, a lot of people are listening to us. Thank you, all the listeners. To listen and know more about the inspirational stories, please like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon. And to book one-to-one -one clarity sessions, please visit the website. Have a great day. Take care. See you soon. Thank you so much.